You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today on this episode, we're going to be talking with Tim Newman of Analogics. Now, if you don't know what Analogics is, it is a mineral feed attractant company. And this is outside of your typical uh, hunting gear type products. We're not talking about broadheads or camo. We're talking about supplements and mineral and things deer consume or, you know, uh, even food plot seed, right? We didn't really get too much into food plot seed today, uh, but we talk about their product line, how they introduce new products, and uh, how, how they know what becomes popular and, and things like that. And, and actually, uh, Tim is a wildlife biologist, so he has a good insight of what makes deer healthy and how they tie that into their product line. So there's uh, several products in there that actually do benefit deer's health. They've take, they've done studies, liver studies, and you're going to hear all about that today. So it's a really good episode. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Before we get into today's episode though, I uh, got to do the commercials. And if you're looking for a saddle, you got to go check out Tethered's website. Tethered is a saddle company that uh, makes badass equipment. I've played around with it this first year. I, I tagged out fairly quickly this year. So I didn't get to hunt out of a saddle as much as I would like. So this year I'll be going on a couple out of state uh, whitetail hunts where I will be taking advantage of a saddle big time and running gun style and being mobile. And, and really that's what hunting out of a saddle is all about. It lightens the load. It, it allows you to become extremely mobile. So Tethered offers offers platforms, saddles, uh, climbing sticks, saddle hunting accessories, and has some of the best knowledge base on their website and YouTube channel uh, in regards to anything saddle hunting. So if you're looking to become a better saddle hunter, go check out some of their content, uh, tetherednation.com. Go check it out. Tons of great uh, info coming out of there. And then uh, the next on the list is Hunt Stand. If you want to be more present in the woods or presence 
present like with your mind just thinking about deer hunting more and the more time you spend thinking about deer hunting the more prepared you will be for the upcoming season right so the day before the hunt you don't really have to do too much thinking about it because you've been present in hunting and looking at the ground and e-scouting and journaling your data that you found you know when scouting preseason and when shed hunting and collecting information from the previous year it's all really all these little reference points and the reference points tell a story data tells the story of where deer tend to travel where a specific buck's core area is and you can document all of that on hunt stand on top of that hunt stand has like uh, uh, awesome up-to-date satellite imagery and in my opinion compared to some of the other uh, uh, other hunting apps out there it offers probably the best satellite imagery as far as being able to zoom in on detail like on the new farm that I got this year, I was able to zoom in all the way on specific trails going through CRP, and that told me, hey, deer are coming out of this spot right here. And that's where I set up. <laughs> and so uh, it allows you to just get into the details. On top of that, Hunt Stand has just introduced their new Pro Whitetail platform. It's a little bit of an upgrade, but it offers so much more functionality for the hardcore whitetail hunter. Go check it out, huntstand.com. And last but not least, Tacticam. If you are looking for a an action camera to mount to your bow or your shotgun, and, you know, turkey season's right around the corner, and I've seen some pretty cool footage of guys uh, turkey hunting with a Tacticam. Tacticam has just introduced their new 6.0 version. And on this 6.0 version, it has image stabilization, it has an LCD screen, and it has the ability to record in 4K. And so what this allows you to do, really crisp, really clean footage that you can take back and Hell, if a lot of guys are documenting their hunts now on YouTube or just sharing it with people, you know, friends, families, kids, things like that. So go check out Tacticam's website and uh, check out the the 6.0, man. So there we go. Those are the commercials. Huge shout out to all the, the partners of this podcast. Huge shout out to Tim for taking time. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to download and listen. Please go to iTunes. Leave a five-star review. That really helps me on the hunting gear uh, side of things. Please subscribe to not only this podcast, but there's so much more content at sportsmansempire.com where all of our um, podcasts are held. Go check that out. And uh, last but not least, I say this on the Nine Finger Chronicles side, but I, I don't necessarily say it here a lot. But uh, it's all about life is all about good vibes. So good vibes in, good vibes out, and let's get to today's episode. All right, on the Hunting Gear Podcast with me today, Mr. Tim Newman of Analogics. Tim, man, it's been a while. It has. Long time, no no talk on podcast. I, I know, I know. Uh, and, and a lot has changed, and we will get into that here, uh, you know, with your role at Analogics, what you do, um, and especially the company as a whole. But before we get into all that, we got to talk about probably what's the most important thing, and then how was your 2022 hunting season? I knew you were going to ask that, and uh, it was a rough one for me. I did get some meat in the freezer. I got two does. Awesome. So I'm set, I'm set there. I got my good, you know, free-range nutrients and protein, but <clears throat> I missed a buck 
on October 27th. That is probably one of the biggest bucks in Southwest Minnesota. Dang. Probably, probably a 160. He's a, he's got eight points on his left and he's just four on his right, but he's got a double main beam and like a 10 inch brow tine. Yeah. And I had this deer at what I later found out was 38 yards. And I made the rookie mistake of not ranging him before the shot. And I thought he was 30 and I sailed it right underneath him. Oh man. That happened to me and this year too. It was one too. of those deals where I, he was, he was walking and I had to give him the ramp to get yep. him to stop. And he lifted his head up like he was fully alert. So I aimed bottom third thinking he was going to duck a little bit. He didn't duck an inch. Yeah. And he would have taken that arrow like a champ. Yeah. But <laughs> so it was basically a double miss because I aimed a little low and my yardage was off. So it sailed right underneath him. Yeah. And he lived to see another day. Yeah. So good news is, though, what's keeping me from losing sleep is that that deer is still alive. Oh, baby. Um, he's healthy, you know, it's the middle of the winter right now, but he's looking fat and happy and I've been feeding him. So I am really looking forward that this next year he, he keeps that double main beam. Cause you know, sometimes those oddities, they'll lose them yeah. and sometimes they'll keep them, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, man, that could be really good. Don't feel a blessing that I missed. Yeah. Don't feel, don't feel too bad because I, one of the first nights at this new farm that I had, I had this beautiful, I'm going to put him at three or four. All right. I, I later found out he was a three-year-old just because I had more time to observe him, but it was a brand new farm. First time this buck ever showed up. He looked like a four-year-old um, that night anyway. And so I had him at like 28 yards and then he went around a bush. And so here I am like clipping into my D loop taking taking it off trying to range him and he doesn't he's not he's kind of he's not walking a straight line he's kind of zigzagging and so finally he stopped i drew back mm -hmm. and i guessed exact same thing i i i guessed him at about 30 and he was more like 36 or something like that and so my arrow went right underneath of him mm -hmm. two times I got two shots at him. <laughs> so, so I missed, I, I missed him two times. And, and so I'll, I'll admit one, one miss. Okay. Two misses embarrassing. So, so I've, I've pretty much shared an embarrassing story in front of all these people. So, um, but the good yeah, thing about it is, the best of us. yeah, just like yours, that deer made it through the season. I, I have trail camera pictures of him post you know, post hunting season here in Iowa. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he turns into next year, man. Hopefully your big boy uh, drops the sheds yeah. on the properties that you hunt and you get a crack at him. Yeah. I already know the big side, the main beam side was found by a neighbor, oh, okay. uh, but he did let me get my hands on it. So I got to feel it and you know, it's, it's big. Yeah. It yeah. was like, just shy of 77 inches on that one side. That's awesome. So that's awesome. I mean, he's got like five and a half inch bases and like a 10 inch brow tine and this 11 inch extra main beam. So yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, yeah. there's always next Hopefully season. Next exactly. There's always next season. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, analogics and, and what you're doing there. Now, the last time we talked, you were a wildlife biologist for the company. Uh, talk to us about your new role yep. and uh, how, how life has changed for you 
and what you do in analogics. Okay, so when I started at analogics as a wildlife biologist, um, basically my role was to focus on the health side of the equation and also the attraction. So I was doing things like uh, trail cam studies. You know, I would put one one product on one side of the frame and then another product on the other, and then I would count the number of deer that come into each pile, and I would switch up locations. I would switch up the the pile so if there was an effect of a flavor that it was truly um, legitimate. So I would also manage the owner's properties, you know, plant and food plots and habitat management. And now I've been promoted to the director of operations. So now I'm in charge of all the customer support staff. I'm in charge of the warehouse staff. And then I also work closely with the marketing team to, you know, keep this company on the forefront of everyone's minds when they're thinking about herd health and ways that they can maximize their property to benefit deer. Gotcha. Gotcha. When I started, we also, we had like three products. We had a granular mineral, we had one flavor of attractant and we had a protein feed. And now I think we're up to like 87 different items. So it's, it's grown exponentially since I got on. And a lot of that is, you know, through our flavor trials and like, things that work good, you know, there's, there's a lot that didn't make it to the, you know, there's a lot on the cutting room floor in terms of items, but if it doesn't work, we're not going to put it out there. Right. Right. And so your whole, like, do you miss the, uh, the, the job as the wildlife biologist, or do you get to still dive into that, that area of work? I, I miss being able to have the time that I did to focus on the deer. Like I, I used to know every single deer at every site and I could, I could tell you which direction they were coming from. And now like I I'm getting to my sites way less often. So now it's a longer soap. So I've got more pictures, you know, to, to compile. And I, I used to do like a minute or 30 seconds between pictures. Now I'm running like five minutes between pictures because I know that I don't have the time in the day to go through that many pictures. So I'm like forcing myself to take in less data. Yeah. So yeah. I got but it's you. still, it, it, there, there's still an impact of the data. It's just not as, as much, you know, sample size as there used to be. Right. Right. But yeah, I, I wish that my phone wouldn't ring as often as it does. <laughs> like people trying to get my freight business, you know, like, Hey, do you need some truckload freight today? And it's like, I, I don't want to talk about freight. Yeah. I want to talk about <laughs> big box, man. Yeah. <laughs> everybody does yeah. so but you know what what this has done is it's uh it sounds like it's just made you more in tune with uh, the business side of things exactly yeah yeah when i when i went to college there was never a talk about margins or anything like that it was just you know yeah very technical based yeah and now it's now it's technical mixed with um real life yeah absolutely all right so so you're in a new role and this is perfect because the, the perfect transition here is, you know, the company you said when it started out had, had three and now it has all these different, man, talk to us. Let, let's just give me a list right now of the categories. And what I mean by that is, um, we have feed and mineral and, you know, those types of categories. Walk us through yep. all of all those categories. Just list them out for us. I'll, I'll break it down into four different categories. And this is what we call our like retail wall 
and each of these would be like their own individual four foot section. Gotcha. So the first one would be the Analogics Legacy products, which is like the originals, you know, the first protein feed, the Annie Supplement Gold, the first granular mineral, that's Mineral Dirt 180, and then the Bragging Rights Attractant. And then we've also got the liquids in the Legacy, as far as the Bragging Rights, we've got sweet corn, apple, mineral dirt, and then we've got the blocks, the protein, and the anti-mineral. And then next we made the Crush lineup. So the Crush is, you know, the signature of Lee and Tiffany. And that comes in four different uh, ways to be fed. That comes in a brick, a liquid, a granular, and a protein block. Then the third of the four would be the Black Ops lineup. And the Black Ops is anything that was designed to be hidden where you're feeding or in places where it, it may be frowned upon by the establishment to use any feeder minerals. The Black Ops is, you know, like covert, can get um, a deer fed without a lot of people knowing about it because, you know, like the granular looks a lot like dirt. So that was the idea behind the Black Ops line. And then the Seeds of Science would be the fourth category. And that's, you know, the whole runs the whole gamut of the food plot side of the world. So anywhere that feed and minerals cannot be used, food plots can. And, you know, we've got everything from annuals to perennials to screens, you name it. And the, the best product out of all the food plots right now is the one we call the Perfect 10. And that's basically a mixture between, you know, your oats, winter wheat, um, cereal rye, and there's turnips, radishes, Austrian winter peas, crimson clover in there. So it's like a little bit of everything that deer like. Gotcha. And we, we've expanded all of these lines. You know, they started with, you know, one or two products and now they're, they're filling a four foot shelf individually. So to recap, we've got the legacy items, we've got the crush, we've got black ops and then seeds of science. Gotcha. Okay. Now another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Going from three to however many you have now, it sounds like there's a ton of them. Talk to us about... Mm-hmm. When, when you guys sit around the table and you start having these discussions on what product to bring to the market next, like, like what is the new product? What kind of information or research do you guys do that helps you make that decision that says, okay, we want to bring a different kind of mineral block to the market this year, or we want to bring a, a different seed mixture or a different, uh, you know, liquid or whatever the case may be. How does that decision get made? You know, it's it starts with with all of us using the products and finding out, like in the early days when we just had three flavors, you know, it was acorn, apple, and chestnut on the attractants. I would I would say that apple was the best, but then I got a pro staffer down in Nebraska that says, Oh no, no, it's it's acorn, definitely. And like another guy down in Kentucky says, well, the chestnuts actually working the best for me. So then we, 
through this network of you know people testing across the nation like there is no a hundred percent deer herd that only likes that one flavor that's in one area it's it's different across the entire u.s so like we needed the other flavors in the lineup because geographically they're different and and i equate that to like you know how southerners just have different food tastes than we do up here in the midwest yep like deer are no different they have different taste profiles and we want to be able to say that we can get a deer happy anywhere within their range so we we started testing you know the different flavors and and basically had to narrow it down to the five that we chose for the crush um based on what the deer liked the most in different areas so like even though we don't have persimmon here in Minnesota, deer will still eat persimmon. You know, it's just like not as much as they would in Mississippi because there's those deer are naturally around persimmon trees and know that scent. Yeah. So yeah, it's just been an evolution of, of adding a little bit of flavors here and there. And, and also looking at the market, you know, there, there's a lot of other different flavors out there, but I feel like we've hit the the Mount Rushmore of flavors. You know, we hit the main ones because yeah. that's what the deer like the most. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, and so uh, are you guys still making your decisions based off of those those trail camera studies and how many deer come yeah. to those piles? Yeah. And, yeah. and we'll get, you know, people to say, you know, you have to try this. And, and we'll say, well, we, we got a pretty good lineup already, but we'll give it a shot. And. And there was some times where we were surprised by a flavor and that's actually what ended up in the black ops lineup is a new flavor that uh, we didn't want to disclose, but it's in there and it, it works really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, our, our product discussions, you know, like new, new items, those meetings are a couple hours long because we, we want to do the due diligence before a product hits the shelves that, that it is going to be what we think it is. Right. Yeah. Makes sense, man. You don't want to put out garbage, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so this kind of leads me to my next question. And the, what is the main purpose of the products that you put out? It, it varies by product. Some of them, the main purpose would be attraction, you, you know, because some people just want to get pictures of deer. Some, some products, the main purpose would be nutrition. And obviously there's overlap between those two, but here's a, for instance, in my, in the mineral side of things, mineral dirt 180 would be the focus on nutrition because it's, I mean, it's packed with the most vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and essential oils that it can have. It's a low salt content. Um, compare that with my whiteout. Whiteout is more attraction based. So it's got a little bit higher salt content. It's still a very beneficial mineral product, but the price point between the two, the Black Ops Whiteout is $9.99 and the Mineral Dirt 180 is $19.99. Gotcha. So there's a trade-off there between cost and um, the attraction versus nutrition. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So let's kind of talk a little bit about the benefits because I know on, on some of these – some of these products uh, from talking to you and talking to other people uh, who know a little bit more about your product line than I do, it sounds to me like the, some, of the, some of these products that you've put out don't just attract deer because I could go 
take a, a bucket of something, dump it out like into the woods and deer would come to it. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean there's a huge benefit to those deer. When you guys are making those de- decisions, do, do all of your products have something that benefits the deer in it or are some strictly just, Hey, it smells good. We got to try to get the deer close to us. Yes. It, they all have something that benefits deer. Um, on the feeding side of things, that, that technology we call the, the Anishield TX4. So that's the blend of essential oils, probiotics, chelated microminerals, and vitamins. And that's, that's in all of the products. It's just not in them in the same amounts. Like, for instance, the four-pound brick has more salt in it than the 20-pound mineral block. So they both have the good ingredients, just the, the 20 pound anti-mineral block has more of them. And here again is a difference in price point. So right. we, w- we wanted to have the ability so the consumer could get a, a good, better, best in, in each category. So like the good one would be, you know, the starter pack, you know, the four pound brick, that's gonna get, that's, that's a very good product, but then we have something that's better. And then we have something that's best. Gotcha. You know, and and if, if somebody wants to, Put the absolute ultimate mineral site. I suggest you do three things: you do a mineral block, and then you do granular mineral dirt 180, and then you do liquid mineral dirt 180. And that's like the trifecta because it's like all the consistencies of mineral in one spot, and it's going to last a growing season. Gotcha. Okay. So, and so you don't have to go back and and so you don't have to go back. You can let it yeah. soak all summer, and as long as the batteries can and your SD card can keep up, you're going to have a a fun card pull at the right at, you know, time to gather the hit list. Yeah. If you can stay away from it that long, that's yeah. the hardest part yeah. is I not can't. going in there every week. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the benefits. You know, you are a wildlife biologist at, at the base. So there are things in here that may actually benefit herd health and the ability. I don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of people put, feed deer to hold deer and do things to try to hopefully reduce stress on a particular deer so they grow big giant antlers right yeah talk to us a little bit about some of the benefits the biological benefits that analogics brings and maybe even be product specific in your answer to a whitetail's health yep so the the thing that we like to focus on is actually the micro minerals and we do that because we've tested a lot of deer free range and looked at their liver. The liver is like a report card of their circulating mineral levels. And a lot of people think that calcium and phosphorus are important for antler growth, which I will not deny calcium and phosphorus are important, but we didn't find many deficiencies in calcium and phosphorus. So what we did find is deficiencies in things like manganese and copper and zinc and selenium. So those are micro minerals. The deer do not need them as much as they need the macro minerals, but we noticed that they were not getting enough of the micro. So it's kind of this theory in wildlife management is uh, the limiting factor. What is, what is keeping them from becoming their best self? And most of the time it was one of the micro minerals. So, so we focused on that. That's what's, that's really what started the health side of things with analogics is focusing on the micro minerals. 
Now specifically, copper and zinc are very important in immune system function. So in order for an animal to survive an EHD outbreak, they get bit by that midge, they need to be in tip-top shape when that bite happens, if they're gonna come out of that alive. And if they're at all compromised, if, you know, if, if they're stressed by the summer heat, if, they're, if they weren't in good shape coming out of winter and they didn't you know, grow as much throughout the growing season, they might be in bad shape. So we're just trying to get these deer in the best shape of their lives because they might end up with that bite that could end their lives and we want to try and get them through it. And we don't have, you know, the technology in our product is not, it's not like a vaccine. It's not going to end EHD. It, what it's going to do is lower the death loss. Okay. Because guys like Lee Likoski and Mark Drury, you know, they're feeding a lot of their deer herd throughout most of the year. And they're not seeing the EHD loss like some parts of Iowa did last year. And even 2015 was another big year, but they didn't have much of any death loss, whereas neighbors were reporting quite a bit of death loss. So the the studies in the scientific world mostly focus on copper and zinc and the benefits of the immune system. And that's really what, what we focused on with our products. Okay. And so although they may not, it may not be a particular cure for EHD, if a deer is healthy, going into an EHD event, the chances of them coming out of it are much greater. Yep. Absolutely. All right. And so that is where the, the specific minerals that you put into your product come into play. Yep. And it's, and it's not always, many people think it's a, it's a more better type of thing. Like, well, these guys got more, you fill in the blank, but it's not always a more better. There's an optimum level of these micro minerals that interact with each other to create a better system within the whitetail's immunity. You know, they, if you, if you just pour a bunch of, of one thing that they don't need, it's, it's actually harmful to them. They could, they could get too much of a good thing and then they have to work to process that additional nutrient and it's just hurting them. So we, we feel like we've hit based on studies of the liver in free ranging deer, we've, we've hit, what we would say would be the optimum micro mineral content. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you got to back back figure this using consumption data that is really hard to collect because you don't know how mo- how much they actually eat of the of a mineral in 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 the wild because some of it is mixed with, you know, the food along the ground and they're constantly foraging, so yep. it's it's not an exact science by any means, but I feel like we've done a really good job of calculating the requirements so that you can optimize the animal. Yeah. Have you ever done any studies where, all right, someone like the Lakoskis, they are, uh, how do I put this? They, they are, they have analogic products all over their farm. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they, they run the mineral all year and they run the, the food plot mix and, and the food plot seed and then anything else that they're, they're currently running. Have you ever done a harvest study off one of the deer, like looked at their livers compared to a liver of another deer in the same area, but that is not receiving that uh, nutrition and then comparing the two? I have several instances of like what you're saying. And it was surprising that 
even on Lee's farm that these deer are in some of the best shape of deer on the planet, they never, they never all had it all. You know, like there was always just one nutrient that was a little bit lagging. So, you know, we, we have, we have tweaked the levels as we are gathering this data, basically because we can tell what's happening in real life. Mm -hmm. So we haven't, we haven't found the perfect deer yet. And I've, I've tried to explain that to state agency wildlife biologists that think it's better not to feed deer. And I, I argue that in areas where they're not fed, it's so much worse because instead of missing, you know, like one micronutrient, they're not hitting the reference interval on five or six where they're not fed. And that just, this causes trouble because any disease challenge that those deer get, they're just coming out worse because they don't have the, the ammo to fight it off. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we're, we're still, we're still a work in progress. Yeah. I, that definitely I makes sense. That. I mean, it, it makes sense. You know, if, if the products that you're selling actually do benefit the health of a deer, um, then why not do it? But at the other side of the, the story, uh, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here when we're talking about something like CWD that is, uh, through contact, right. And through, you know, deer being close to e each other and being spread through uh, interactions with each other, mm -hmm. whether that's secondary interactions like, uh, uh, um, you know, or let's, let's just say whether it's a, a first case scenario where deer are licking each other, or it mm -hmm. is a second, uh, second case where they do something and then another deer comes to that same area and like a, does, licking branch a, lick, a licking branch or a mineral site where mm -hmm. it concentrates where where is your take on on the cwd issue in mineral and because a lot of people are saying that hey why would you want to concentrate deer into one little heavy area where the chance of getting a, a cwd especially in an area where there is a known cwd positive deer why would you want to uh, have a mineral block there or a, a bait station where several deer come and feed off of it at the same time. Yep. And my response to that is the state agencies are not capable at a landscape level of monitoring mineral use. So if you imagine an area that has CWD and it's legal to use minerals, let's, let's pretend in, in a section, there's 10 guys using minerals. Okay. Now it's, now it's banned. You can't use it. Are there guys still using it? Yep. There's probably one or two. So now there's two mineral sites in that section instead of 10. So do you see where, where it could be a, a, an even worse problem in a banned area because now there's fewer people doing it? And it's just concentrating deer even more. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But the question I'm asking is, is there a chance for, you know, is the, is the chance increased at a, you know, not necessarily whether something is legal or illegal, but when a higher concentration of deer activity in a specific area, the outbreak for certain diseases would potentially be higher, correct? Potentially. Okay. Yep, but but I, I don't think it would be any higher because the mineral site was there. I think the interaction of deer naturally 
is what's the determining factor of how quickly the disease would spread, not how many mineral sites would be contacted by that specific deer. Gotcha. So it's not necessarily like, uh, um, it's not necessarily where the, the largest contributing factor is a mineral station or a bait pile. Right. It, it, I mean, you, it might you be a at, little bit of the issue, but not a major, a major issue. Yep. Okay. Most of the, the, the penned deer, they don't, they don't have a mineral lick. You know, they have, they have feed there, but they don't have mineral licks there because they're all the minerals that they need are in the feed. And, and a lot of those, you know, once one deer gets it, it spreads throughout that herd, but they're touching each other. You know, is it yeah. the feed site or is it the deer touching each other? Right, right. Well, I mean, in the main outcome here is the healthier a deer going into a sickness, just like humans, right? The healthier you are going into any kind of sickness, the quicker you'll recover and the better that you'll re recover and, and re just recover mm -hmm. in general. Yep. Right. And there, there are some interesting things that are being tested in the deer breeding world that include some things that might help a deer from actually getting CWD because the, the way I understand it, like the protein that changes shape and cannot be reversed. Like if you could, if you could get their, their gut health so optimized that that protein would never um, change shape, then you could prevent them from ever getting the, the detrimental parts of CWD. So like you could, you could feed them the prion, but it would basically pass through because it would never let the, the good natural prion within the rest of their body change the shape. Gotcha. So that's, that's at very much at the forefront of deer breeders minds because they keep losing herds left and right because the state agencies come in there and wipe them out. Right. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're trying their hardest to, they're, they're trying to hit it from two fronts. They're trying from the consuming things that will prevent a deer from getting CWD. And then also they're trying to do the genetic work so that they can make a genetic resistant deer that, that will not get CWD. But as far as I know, right now they haven't found, you know, the hundred percent resistance. They've gotten it to like 96 plus percent. So those deer still could get CWD. It's just not as often as deer that are more susceptible. Okay. All right. So. Outside of CWD uh, and EHD, um, maybe I'm wrong here. I, I thought I heard that you guys have some kind of mineral that if a deer eats enough of it, it would prevent like, like flea bites and tick bites. Is that, is that something that you guys have? Yeah. It's a tricky slope because if you claim that a product is helping reduce fly bites, then it, then it's becoming a like pesticide. Ah, I gotcha. So we have done studies and we have some ingredients that will repel things, you know, like mosquitoes and um, gnats and that, but it's, it's not something we can put on a bag because of the claim that it, that it would turn into a pesticide and we would require different like FDA yeah. regulations for it. What, what is that particular ingredient or is it like an antibiotic or I mean, what is the specific it's, it's factor? It's one of the essential oils. That we okay. Can, 
Okay. I won't I won't get into the exact one, but it's one of them. Okay. And it's it's the ingredient is listed on the bag, but I don't want to just give it away. Right. What is <laughs> what how does it work? Basically, the essential oil gets into the the body and it's like it's like a plant compound and that that has the ability to like get absorbed into the body and i would equate it to someone eating like an onion and and reducing the ability of their body to be bitten by a spider just because of like the the onion has soaked in and it creates a, a tiny little odor that like spiders don't like but imagine that with a deer and a different ingredient that's pretty sweet, man. I've heard of some guys, some serious guys out there who go, and maybe it's because they're a little crazy, but like people trying to get a deer to come to a feeder and that triggers some kind of automatic mister that it, it sends a mist of something over top of the deer while it's feeding in order to reduce fly bites and, yeah. and, and reduce ticks. I've heard guys hanging tr like sticky strips all over their woods, trying to catch mm -hmm. flies, just like taking it to the next level. And I look at that and I go, well, they've evolved over, you know, hundreds of thousands of years to get to this point. I think they're, I, I think they're pretty used to getting bugged by ticks and bites every year. Yeah. But at the same time, they've evolved with a natural uh, succession of wildfire that would set back some of those tick populations that I don't think that's a good, in today's that's a good world point. we're putting enough fire on the landscape Yeah, that, that, to, that's a good point. to mimic natural conditions. So some of those areas that haven't been burned for many, many, many years have a tick infestation that, I mean, it's sad looking at some of those pictures where a fawn is just absolutely covered. covered. Yeah, and they're they're putting so many nutrients into keeping themselves alive, they can't even think about growing antlers the next year. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right, so let's talk a little bit about um, some people who are skeptical of what the products do and, and what the claim is, right? And so some people listen to this and go. This is just all hocus pocus. It's just a bag of salt, and you know all they're trying to do is make money and blah 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 blah, right? Talk to us a little bit about trying to—I don't know—not not necessarily convince them, but if someone's debating on trying to use your product line in the best possible way, how would you convince them that this their, your product line is worth it? I think they really just need to try it. You know, put whatever they're using now, put it out, make sure your camera can see both piles and put mine right next to it, the equivalent product. You know, so if, if they've got a apple corn that they love and you put it next to my apple crush attractant, 100% of the time they're going to hit the apple crush over their apple corn. You know, it's deer can tell that there's nutrients in our product and they will eat that because they need the nutrients more than, you know, a fluff product. Right. So I would just t challenge somebody to give us a shot. Yeah. And, you know, in the real world, how, how better could your deer be? That's hard to, hard to know exactly because, you know, you need very controlled studies. But the, the best, for instance, I can give is both Lee Lukoski and Mark Jury, both 
are some of the best deer managers on the planet. And they were growing some really nice deer five and six years ago. But those, those top end deer were 190, 195. And in the last five years between the two of them, I think they've gotten like eight, two hundreds. And some of those were as high as, you know, 222. So they, they just took their top end and added 20 inches to it. Yeah. So they were, they were really good managers before. Now we just took them from really good to the best because of the nutrition that those deer are getting. Yeah. And they didn't do much different. I mean, they're still planting food plots. They're doing the habitat management. They did that before. The yeah. only difference was they, they switched to analogics. So gotcha. that's, that's the best free range real life example of what we could numbers wise could help improve your herd. Okay. All right. And then, uh, talk to us a little bit about who your demographic is, who, who is buying analogics? I feel like we, we, we run the gamut, you know, we could, we could hit everyone in the, the hunting community because we have, uh, price points that are that are friendly for the average consumer but we also have things that are you know top end the reconics of deer feed if you will yeah you know it's it's more expensive for the the premium protein anti-supplement gold but it's a better product so you know just like anything you get what you pay for um i think we're we're catering towards the people that that want a healthier deer herd that want to keep their deer herd on their property and they'd like to get bigger antlers because who doesn't? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and then I don't want to end on a, a bad note, uh, here, but, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about this black ops disguised as dirt. Right. And so I've had people reach out to me and say, Hey, this is just an opportunity for your products to be sold and used in States where, minerals are banned okay mm -hmm. and so what's your response to that i think I, it's not up to me to be the police of the state so in my eyes uh, as a as a citizen that you know has to listen to the government i think it should be up to the landowner to decide the the land use on their property so i I won't get into politics, but I, I'm very much in in terms of people's rights on what they can do on their property. Like, like what what if someday the the government said, you know, you can't plant food plots because that's that's concentrating deer. Like at some point, somebody has to just be like, hey, this is my land. I I can do what I want with it. So even really, if, I, even I if it means breaking a law, their state agency and. It, it's it's still legal to sell in that state. Maybe they need to to try and get it off the shelves, but nowhere is it not legal to sell. Okay. So, so I I'm, I'm very much a uh, land rights proponent. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. And then the last question is for someone who's been listening to this today, um, why should they give analogics a shot? I think we have the most sound science. In terms of our background, you know, I'm a wildlife biologist by training. I've got papers published at, in the Journal of Mammalogy. We have a nutritionist, Dr. Aaron Gaines, that is the best in the business. So we've got the 
the science to back up the product and it all works really good. Um, there's a little bit of something for everybody. You know, if you talk about the types of products we have between granular mineral attractants, blocks and food plot seeds, there's something for everybody. And if anybody wants to have a conversation about what they would like to try or what item would be specific to you, I mean, I'm, I'm really good at having a conversation with someone and narrowing down what products they need to use because we have a lot of different products, but there's always something for somebody. Okay, cool. All right, and then uh, let's see, analogics.com is your guys's website. Tons of tons of information on there on all the products. And then what would be the best social platform uh, for people to go check out? I would say between Instagram and Facebook would probably be the most um, viewed. Okay, all right, perfect. So, well, I'm a Facebook guy, I'm, I'm old school, but I still have an Instagram account. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, hey, Tim, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and uh, give us an update over there at Analogics. And uh, I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, good luck getting after that one you missed. And hopefully I can conclude the chapter this fall. Yeah.